Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best NFL fantasy football podcast We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow The conversation with Dale, Christian, and Armando Screaming, eat, nation, we doing what we like Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype Fantasy, football enthusiasts, I know you plan to be Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Yeah, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We have an awesome Dynasty Night episode planned for you guys. Before we get into all the uh, all the fun, let me introduce our two co-hosts. To uh, yeah, I guess you guys are co-hosts, not guests anymore. Uh, John and Stephen. John, what's going on? Oh, you know, you got it, dude. Just glad to be here. <laughs> and Stephen, what's up? Cut it out, man. <laughs> I love being here, though. I love being here, and I want to give a quick shout-out to our buddy Austin, who is hopefully making the end of his cross-country round trip back to Michigan. Right, right, definitely. Uh, yeah, Austin should be uh, editing and back to executive producing this show uh, very soon. Uh, guys, for anybody listening maybe for the first time, Welcome, thanks for checking out Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. This is a podcast that may be not like a hundred others that you may have downloaded and subscribed to. Uh, we are going to bring you the fantasy football goodness, the analysis, the content, all the good stuff. In addition to that, we are going to try to entertain you somewhat uh, as much as we can. Um, today we're going to go over some news. The biggest, most important thing is, uh, we're going to go over some dynasty rankings, but just not any old dynasty rankings. We're going to tier them today. Um, so we won't get into the tearing up jokes and all that stuff. Uh, but we will be tearing the quarterbacks, running backs, <laughs> wide receivers, and tight ends for you guys. That was the best um, teaser ever. I love that. You like it? I did. That was impressive. It was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, uh, I've talked for like three minutes without stuttering or saying, um, so I'm doing pretty good. Uh, let's get into some news. Just get right into it. Uh, I did have some other stuff to talk about, but I think we have a lengthy podcast. So you guys can interject anytime you want. But I want to talk about some news just recently because we haven't uh, released a podcast in a while. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins. Uh, Andy Reid is saying that Sammy Watkins is being moved all over the place. Uh, John, what do you think about this? Does it do anything for Sammy Watkins stock? Are you overhyping it? Is it important? What's going on? Yeah, this is this is significant because of what he went through last year with the Rams. And the Rams, basically, they had him as the single wide receiver in almost 80% of lineups, uh, which means he was against the number one corner with the safety over the top, and that was just the role that he played. Um, he didn't do a lot of dynamic stuff. This means he's going to be playing a very different role in Kansas City, uh, which means even in the slot – He's not going to be facing the number one wide or cornerback anymore with Tyreek on the other side. Kelsey's there. So it means that there is a little bit more upside than we originally thought going into a very loaded offense. Um, I have him ranked kind of as a low-end wide receiver too right now. Um, he's my number 21 wide receiver for Dynasty ranks, but... This news makes me a little bit more excited about him. The fact that uh, could push him up just a little bit, not too much, but there's a little bit more upside there now. See sure. this, like, I'm still not sold on him. I need to see it. But 
this is something that they try to do with him in Buffalo, and there was just never a counterpart for him. Uh, being aside Tyreek Hill, and then you're still going to have Kareem Hunt in that backfield with Travis Kelsey, there's a lot more attention to go around, and defenses aren't going to be able to focus in on him, and he has some of the same skill sets as Hill does. You know, he was actually always a decent route runner, decent hands, good with the ball after the catch. So this could be some positive upside for him. I, I was just going to say, like, in that Kansas City offense, even though there's a lot of mouths to feed there, I mean, Albert Wilson got 62 targets. Demarcus Robinson, 39 targets. Like, there are targets available. And Sammy Watkins is not a volume-dependent wide receiver. He's a huge, big play guy. And so uh, if he gets 85-plus targets, then he's going to be a wide receiver too. That's just kind of what yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, last year, 70 targets for Sammy Watkins. Yeah. On only 39 receptions and less than 600 yards, he got bailed out for fantasy purposes with eight touchdowns, though. <laughs> so, like you said, the big play guy being available in the end zone. Uh, the, you know, the biggest, the hardest thing about predicting some of these fantasy football players and their stats, and especially their dynasty value, is not only Sammy Watkins going to a new team, which is completely different, but then that team has a new quarterback. <laughs> so it's you, there's not a lot we can go off of besides the coaching and the calling over there. And even that is kind of shaky because it wasn't very consistent. Um, we saw kind of Jekyll and Hyde situation last year, especially with the running game. So uh, we'll we'll see how that pans out. I do like Sammy Watkins. I think I like him a little bit better coming into this year than I did last year. Um, so for whatever that's worth. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about Janoris Jenkins. We could just talk about it really quick. I don't know if there's anything really fantasy relevant here, but. Uh, they found Janoris Jenkins' brother uh, has been charged with aggregated manslaughter in Janoris Jenkins' home. Anything to talk about here? I mean, it- this one's crazy, man. Um, so he he's he, he's got a little bit of a checkered past. Um, yeah, and you know his brother's been charged with this. It's going to be a crazy one. This is one of those that is it's going to fly under the radar, and once the details come out, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty interesting. So just stay tuned. Hopefully, um, it sucks that the situation's happened, obviously, but Janoris, hopefully he doesn't this doesn't affect him at all. Hopefully he stays away from this and doesn't get charged with anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of weird. I mean, just kind of what we were talking about with Jameis Winston. It's like, you know, you kind of have this checkered pass. You made bad decisions. Obviously, the people that you're hanging out with aren't the, you know, best and brightest. It, it, it kind of sucks when stuff like this happens, but it doesn't really surprise you. You're like, you know, bad news doesn't follow you. You know, it kind of it, it's who you hang out with and who you surround yourself with. So, yeah, I mean, and his brother was already on probation uh, for selling narcotics and aggravate. I believe aggravated assault as well. Don't quote me on that one. But I mean, he was under probation in his house already, which is your brother. You always give him a chance, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer. Yep. And it's right. a sad story. Yep. It is. It is. Uh, Randall Cobb in a walking boot. Let's keep it with the sad, sad stories. Randall Cobb <laughs> in the walking boot. <laughs> is this, uh, is this going to linger to the, the start of the season? Um, you know, it's, it's possible. Don't really know the full extent of the injury though. Um, cause it was kind of a surprise when it came about, and they say it's not going to be a long-term thing, but it again, we don't know the extent of the injury. However, this is going to give Green Bay a golden opportunity to see what they have at these rookies. So if this is something that does continue to linger, this is something that fantasy 
fantasy owners need to watch dynasty more importantly you know looking for the future uh, with guys that you're going to draft if you haven't already drafted um yeah they're again they're going to get a really good chance to see what they have who's their first rookie up in green bay jamon moore no for sure has to be they they picked him first um so they already believe that but I don't think either of those rookies are going to be lining up in the slot. I think that if this injury does carry on between Cobb, I think Ty Montgomery is going to be taking some of those snaps in the slot. I really do. Uh, which I think that this will benefit Jones and Williams, the running backs. Um, affects them more than almost anybody. But all the word out at Green Bay right now is he should be fine. But again, we don't know when surgery was. We don't know anything. So right now it's just a huge guessing game. Right. See, I could see potentially, and here's why I'm leaning towards the rookies, because, yeah, you're, you're right about Montgomery. He could possibly slide there. But I'll be curious to see if they try to do something with uh, Geronimo Allison there. Because yeah. he's still there, and he's somebody that's been around, and he's somebody that can play in the slot. So, um, yeah, it'll just it'll be interesting to see what they what they do there. But this is definitely a golden opportunity for rookies. And, and don't forget, Jimmy Graham could kind of slide over and play the slot too. He's he's a pretty darn good right runner, route runner as well. So yep, he's a damn uh, good run blocker too. <laughs> All right, uh, Julian Edelman appeal was Monday, and uh, what's going on with that? Uh, so as of right now, we don't have anything. We, I mean, it could be breaking news. We broke news last episode, uh, so hopefully we'll get something like that again. But the best case scenario for the Edelman fan club and the Patriots fan club is it gets knocked down one game. But I think it's going to be upheld. I really, really do. Uh, it's just because the Patriots, um, the front office, Roger Goodell, um, just is not a big fan of the Patriots. All right. Uh, how about this news out of Tampa Bay? Uh, Ryan Griffin has a good chance to beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I don't know there's really no value to it in my opinion i mean ryan fitzpatrick's ryan fitzpatrick and nobody even really knows much about ryan griffin even the fact that he was on the roster probably for the most part so um he's just gonna be a guy that's gonna be there for the first three weeks running the offense so you think you you think that fitzpatrick is gonna get the job uh i wouldn't be surprised if he did not yeah, I honestly wouldn't. He went two and one last year as a starter. Fitzpatrick did, and so like I get that aspect of it. And actually, um, Mike Evans had more fantasy output per game under Fitzpatrick than he did Winston. But if you right. go back to the hard knocks, whenever they were with uh, Jameis Winston and the Bucks, and you can see how dumb that guy was, um, Ryan Griffin was the number two guy all through the preseason like they loved him until he got hurt in that final preseason game um and they were even speculating that fitzpatrick was going to be cut last year and griffin was going to be the guy but then griffin got hurt um the very last preseason game so i I think this is it's almost like a coin flip right now and if you're a mike evans guy dynasty you are rooting for fitzpatrick big time have mercy all right uh Tariq Cohen has lined up at every skill position in Nagy's offense mm, is this hype that's just uh we're just talking about no I mean a new coaching staff that you know they come over 
and, and you kind of see them there night and day difference for, between what John Fox did. And you've got to find a way, and they have constantly talked up Tariq Cohen. They haven't talked up a lot of people, but they have talked this guy up every single chance that they have, and they are just trying to figure out ways to get the ball in his hands. And it almost seems like they're trying to get the ball into his hands while allowing Jordan Howard to be the main running back guy. Um, So this is positive news for Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. Might be a down step um, for the rookie Anthony Miller. But I, if they're keeping him outside and then they move Tariq Cohen in the slot, then, oh, my gosh, that, that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, fun yeah, offense to watch. I really, I really think Nagy really wants to have both of these guys on the field as much as possible. I mean, they're both, no, why not? They're yeah. both very good at what they do. They're both very dynamic with completely different skill sets. And with, the, with that young offense in general, I mean, Allen Robinson is really the only other proven offensive weapon on that team right now you know with anthony miller okay great we saw good things out of trey burton okay great um we saw good things out of shaheen last year okay great but the only guys in that offense right now in my opinion that are proven are jordan howard Allen robinson and like even cohen is just another guy that we saw great things out of but they have really 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 spent a lot of time making him somewhat of a focal point in that offense so the fact that they're lining him up everywhere uh, speaks volumes of them. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. So, like I mentioned, uh, thank you for the news. That, that was a pretty good little news segment. I think we went pretty deep there. I liked it. I do actually like Trey Burton. We'll talk about Trey Burton maybe in a later episode. But I'm liking him more and more. He's getting bumped up in my rankings. Yeah. Um, oh, I more, like him too. Yeah, I think I, I, he's uh, he's solid. I think he's going to run a lot of uh, a lot of passing routes for the Bears here. All right. Let's get into tiering some of your dynasty rankings. Uh, these are the rankings between Austin, Steven, and John. Uh, they're not including mine. I'd kind of leave the dynasty stuff up to the uh, guys that really know what the hell's going on. So <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm going to kind of go through your consensus between all three of you. We we came up with a consensus ranking, and between your consensus, we're going to tier. Uh, John, for those that don't know about tiering players or don't know what I'm talking about, can you give a quick explanation on uh, on why it's important to tier and what the hell are we talking about? Yeah, so tiering isn't necessarily a new thing, but this is advanced metrics and how you build your team. So let's say I'm drafting and you're going off the old list of ranking 1 through 250 players and you just pick the top-ranked guy every single time you pick. That's the way we, everybody used to do it. But what tiered rankings do is it, it you look at the bigger picture. And so you step back and you say, okay, I have two picks in the next 12. Let's say you're picking at the seven spot, so on and so forth. What you can do is you can say, okay, I have two wide receivers that are in this tier, and I have five running backs in this tier. However, my next highest rated player is a running back. But because there are five that are in close range, you're going to take the wide receiver first, even though they might not be ranked as high as that running back. And whenever you do that, you're giving yourself better odds at the next pick that you have of still getting a player in a similar tier. So you're still getting a running back and a wide receiver. You're just making sure you're maximizing that top level elite talent all throughout your draft. So it's not just at the top, it is throughout your entire draft. You're constantly watching what is available in this kind of talent range at the position. Awesome. Okay, let's uh let's get right into it with the quarterbacks. Oh yeah. So 
it, the, the first tier is going to be easy, right? Uh, the first tier for you guys, number one overall between all three of you is Aaron Rodgers. No, no debate here, right? That's that's the first tier, and that he's in a tier all by himself. He's special, man. For? Yeah, and he's yeah, going he's, over a he's round. Question. Yeah, he's going around before every other quarterback in dynasty. I mean, if I, I look at his value, look at that team with and without Aaron Rodgers last year and the amount of talent that they had. So a guy that makes that kind of impact, and especially for Dynasty, he's, he still has some years ahead of him, way more than Tom Brady or Drew Brees has. He is right. the unquestioned number one. Right. Uh, before we start, before we go on, I said I guess I, we already started, go to eatsleepfantasy.com. Uh, click the rankings and inside the rankings page, you can click for dynasty rankings. So, uh, if you guys want a direct th- uh, line, it's eastleafantasy.com slash dynasty hyphen rankings with an S. Um, or just go to eastleafantasy.com and look for rankings, blah, 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 and find it. You guys got it. All right. So, moving on. You call have... it a hyphen? What do you call it? A dash? <laughs> Aren't you a teacher? Well, yeah, that's uh, relative okay. always. But, um,. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a hold on. hashtag or pound sign debate. <laughs> so, so hold on. Do you call it a hyphen, Stephen? I do. You, I call man. I don't know. I call it. Well, a, okay. Hold on. Dash. Well, there's internet terms that could be dash. I guess. Hmm. Like anything outside the end, uh, is it is it different um, etiquette between internet and not internet? I don't know. I don't know. Um, where's I guess Stephen? It depends on where you, you want to use slang. I don't know. My wife hyphenates her name, and so I always just say hyphen. Ah, there you I, go. She always, when she spells it, she says hyphen. So, All right. Sorry about that. Anyways. All right. <laughs> thanks for derailing the show. <laughs> We're only on tier one. All right. So the second second tier is a guy that I like a lot. Uh, in redraft, I have Deshaun Watson as one. I, understand, I get it. Uh, people have Aaron Rodgers above him. But for the second tier of quarterbacks, you guys have Deshaun Watson, Carson Rentz, and Russell Wilson cutting off right before Jimmy Garoppolo. So you guys have three quarterbacks in this tier. Any huge disagreements here? Uh, Watson, Wentz, and Wilson. Uh, No, not for me. I I mean, these are three guys that they are very unique. They're gamers. I mean, everybody plays to win the game, but these guys play at a different level. And they're mobile quarterbacks. They're accurate quarterbacks. Uh, They know how to extend plays. Uh, they're they're just very good at what they do, and you can tell that uh, the offense of the team uh, takes to these guys well. So, I mean, and their ages too. You know, Russell Wilson's the older one out of them, but you know, if you're looking for that longevity, these three guys right here uh, will be battling for that number one spot once uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers decides to, you know, with age step down from that point. Yeah, and yeah. I'll say this: their ADP is within 0.33 picks. So Deshaun Watson is going at 56.00, Russell Wilson 56.17, and Carson Wentz 56.33. So these guys are, I mean, they are right locked in in this tier. And really it's just whoever you want. There's no, there's not a bad answer here. It's just your preference. So, so just to reiterate these tiers, if you are picking, say, 11th out of 12 and you have the turn coming back around to you, and you see these three guys available all in the same tier. This is where you use tiers to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to get my running back this time because I know my whole second tier is somebody in my second tier is going to be available. I'm not going to reach for Watson right now when I can wait for Wentz or Wilson because they're all 
kind of lump together for me. So this is where kind of tiering really does help in your drafting. You can kind of see who's available. And if you're if you're okay with getting anybody in that tier, then you're you're doing good. That's that's a premise of of doing this. So the third tier for you guys, these tiers are getting bigger and bigger here. Uh, starting off with Jimmy Garoppolo to Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Kirk Cousins, and Matthew Stafford. We're cutting off the third tier. Uh, Stafford is the last one, and then it goes into Jared Goff after that. So, again, Garoppolo, Newton, Luck, Cousins, Stafford. Any highlights here? Yeah, I'll say this. Now we're getting into these young stars or youngish stars, and it's kind of pick your poison. Um, the player with the most upside here is Andrew Luck, but he's risky. That's why he's in this tier, not the previous one. Cam Newton, man, he's been a top five fantasy asset all the time. He just doesn't throw for a lot of yards. Uh, his rushing, he's taking a lot of contact, so on and so forth. So it's really, and then you have Stafford at the very, very end who is just, he's a little bit older, but man, he has not finished outside of the top 13 quarterbacks in a very, very long time. So this is where you get into that if I'm drafting and there's two or three of these guys still there, I'm going to wait. I want the last guy in this range. Here's something I want to highlight. Jimmy Garoppolo, I have him five. John, you have him four. And Austin, that dirty son of a bitch who drafted him ahead of us in our, <laughs> in our draft, has him at nine. Right. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> if he hates him that bad, he should have left him alone so I could have drafted him. But that shows you we all have him ranked inside of this tier, but right. I have him at the top. Austin has him at the bottom. And Austin was the one that actually got him in our dynasty startup league. So even though he, he had him ranked lower than us, he was the one that got him. So I still hate him for that. Factual, yep, yep, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right, so going into the next tier, and again, these are getting bigger and bigger, and it's not a coincidence that these tiers are growing as you go down because the point disparity just is getting further apart, right? Or I guess closer together. Um, so the difference between the 10th and 18th quarterback isn't as big as the 1st and 6th. So for this next tier, you guys start off with Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Derek Carr, and Phillip Rivers. Uh, and then you cut it off, and then the tier after this, which we'll talk about, guys like Matt Ryan and Mitch Trubisky. So uh, starting off with Jared Goff, basically you're tiering Jared Goff and Phillip Rivers in the same tier, and they're eight spots apart. Yeah, so, you know, Jared Goff's a guy we're the closest on, but here's one Here's one that's really interesting because we're, like, on different planets with this. So I have Jameis at 13. Uh, John, you're at 20, but Austin has him at 6. Winston has I'm upside, but he is risky as well. You know, looking sure. at, you know, going back to talking about uh, – uh, Andrew Luck. Um, but Philip Rivers, you know, I have him at 20. Austin has him at 19. John has him at 16. And, and realistically, uh, Rivers is one of my favorite guys here. But a lot of these other guys, whether it's uh, they've been more productive and it's at age or they're guys that have a lot of talent and they're younger is why I would take these guys over Rivers. But, you know, going back to John's point, you know, if you're looking to draft a quarterback in this tier, you know, he's looking at the guy at the bottom of this tier, uh, the previous tier, which was Matthew Stafford. Here, I would be more than happy to take a guy like Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Sure. 
And I'll say this, you have to figure out what it is you want and with these tiered rankings. And so for me, I do not value quarterbacks in a one QB league. Superflex, totally different. But I am getting one of the top four guys or I'm not getting a top 20 guy. Like I would much rather, if I don't hit early at quarterback, if Aaron Rodgers falls to the fourth or Deshaun Watson to the seventh, something along those lines, then I'm just not touching it. Because all of these guys in these middle tiers – there's not a lot of differentiation between them. Like you said, Philip Rivers, I'm fine with. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm fine with. Um, so this is one of the tiers, not necessarily that I dislike these guys, but once I get here, there's not a lot of bifurcation between drafting them in the ninth round and getting somebody else in the 14th round. I am, I'm a guy that's going to wait. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this to your point. I mean, the tenth quarterback off the tenth ranked quarterback and the eighteenth ranked quarterback are in the same tier. So that's that's saying a lot. Like you can wait. Um, I imagine Jameis Winston, maybe his value for Austin have him ranked so high, maybe bumps down a little bit just for this season. Um, but anyways, all right, let's go down to your next tier. Your next tier starts off with Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan, Mitch Trubisky, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, this is kind of a tight tier you have here this late, but because uh, 19, 20, 20 first quarterback, who I just mentioned, after this is going to be a bunch of rookies and um, maybe underperformers. So Matt Ryan, Mitch Trubisky, Ben Roethlisberger uh, could be all volume guys this year. I, I get Roethlisberger's age, which bumps him down. But any, anything to note in this tier? Yeah, so a lot of people, listeners, are probably listening and they're saying, what the hell, Matt Ryan's? Why is he in this one? He was MVP a year, just over a year ago. Like, what's going on? Well, Matt Ryan's numbers aren't great. Uh, they love to run the ball whenever they get into the goal line situation. So he's always been limited on touchdowns. And he's only had two top seven finish, finishes in his entire career. So he's a super, he's a safe guy. But again, he, he's kind of a low-end QB1, kind of. I, he's probably a higher-end QB2, which means he finishes outside of the top 12 of his position. So he's a safe bet. Trubisky, same thing. Roethlisberger, he could retire tomorrow. So th there's question marks with all three of these. Trubisky has the highest ceiling for sure, especially with his age. But again, these are guys I will settle on, not guys I'm targeting. All right. Yeah, these these are guys. These are guys that I don't even know if I would even want to settle or target. But they're guys that you know, if I don't like, if I already have a quarterback and comes around again, and there's nobody that I like on the board, well, they would be a good number two to have on your roster. Just play as your backup in case an injury happens to your number one guy, or you know, you play matchups or your bye week or whatever the case may be. But I've had Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger on teams before, and they just never panned out well for me. Okay. All right, the last tier we're going to talk about, I mean, there's there's a million quarterbacks, and especially in dynasty rankings that we could talk about. The last quarterbacks we're going to talk about are the quarterbacks 22 through 31, specifically starting with Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, going all the way down, uh, ending up with Case Keenum and Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton at 31. So all these guys, including Tyrod Taylor, I guess I'll just go ahead and say all their names because I already said half of them. Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Alex Smith, Josh Allen, Tyrod Taylor, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, Andy Dalton. Another big tier for you guys. Uh, basically the bottom bottom of the pack here. So, I don't know. I mean, my favorite guy 
and and this whole tier and this is just longevity this is looking to the future and all that it is josh rosen i've talked about him on this podcast many times but i love him i love lamar jackson uh, but I'm also not going to be afraid, you know, to take a number two quarterback on a team like Alex Smith or even Tyrod Taylor this year. He he kind of intrigues me. I'd be really curious to see what it is that he does. Uh, Bortles, I already know what to expect out of him. Andy Dalton, I already know what to expect out of him. Case Keenum's kind of a big question mark, uh, but he's somebody that could do really well over there in Denver. Um, now, Josh Allen, though, a guy that I'm not that high on, um, I have him actually – ranked higher than some of these guys simply because there is nobody there and they drafted him for a reason. So he's a guy that you're potentially going to get a good look at. It was a bad reason. That's why they drafted him. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, we, we've, we've seen the tape, we've talked about it, but you know, there's really nobody there to push him. And, We've seen their bad draft picks before. A lot of them haven't panned out. I mean, they moved Tyrod Taylor to draft Josh Allen. So um, he's he's going to get the opportunity, and maybe something will happen that we're not seeing or something clicks. So, I mean, for a small window based on opportunity, that's why I have him ranked a little bit higher than some of these guys. All right. All right. Uh, let's, um, let's just cut this out and go to the running back position here. Uh, these these tiers are a little bit different than I, I'm very familiar with the redraft ranking tiers. Uh, Dynasty rankings, especially with the running back tiering, is a lot different here. Um, we're going to go ahead and just start off with the first tier, which is Zeke, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, and Lev Bell. That's six, six running backs in your first tier, which is enormous. This makes me feel that... Um, you have a little bit more give and take in the first and second round of dynasty drafts that you do in redraft a little bit, a little bit more of a chance to hit here, um, especially with the first tier. So any glaring notes that you want to talk about with this first tier guys? Yeah. A uh, cream hunt is kind of the asterisk here and I have them ranked as my uh, number four slash five. I got two guys kind of in the same spot there. But he's a guy that ADP would put later. Um, he's going in the second round, the beginning of the second round in, in drafts as far as the average draft position. However, uh, these guys are all relatively young. Le'Veon Bell is the oldest at 26, um, and Ezekiel Elliott's the youngest, actually, at 22. And it really, these are kind of the stalwarts. These are the guys that, as long as they're healthy, uh, a la David Johnson last year, they are going to be RB1s. And so if you can get them, Man, your whole season is just great. And so it, it really is who you want. Todd Gurley finishes number one last year. A lot of people, he's going number one overall. Um, I like Zeke just because I think he's safer, but he does not have that high of a ceiling as Gurley just because of the pass catches. But, again, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. Right? No, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, basically after that, and if there weren't so many – question marks around Le'Veon Bell uh you could easily have Zeke Gurley Johnson and Bell in your top four but with the things that we've seen going on with him his contract situation and just the whole ordeal in Pittsburgh over the last few years that's why I have him dropped a little bit otherwise I might even have him number one Sure. And and so th- just to give some perspective and uh, I offered in one of my dynasty leagues Le'Veon Bell to get Kareem Hunt straight up 
just to see what would happen because I have a very old roster and I'm trying to get younger, um, I got shot down. Um, so it's really kind of who wow. you want um, and what your preference is in a player. Now, see, that per- that's a person that's high on hunting. There's people that just, man, I don't know. Led Everybody's the NFL in rushing, a, man. Most broken tackles in the entire NFL. People are pointing him to be a bust this year, and I just, I don't know. I just don't get it. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so we cut off Le'Veon Bell at the end of Tier 1. To begin Tier 2 is Alvin Kamara. He continues with Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon. And it stops at Melvin Gordon right before you get to Joe Mixon and Devonta Freeman. So let's talk about Kamara, Fournette, Cook, McCaffrey, Gordon. Man, I feel like, especially in Dynasty, looking at the top 11 or 12 guys, it's fairly loaded. I mean, even in the second tier, you're getting guys like Cook and Fournette. Um, it's it's not it's not a bad look for running backs this year, for sure. No, this running back stable, pretty much. I mean, there's just a ton of horses out there, and... Some of them vary based on formats. I mean, Kamara in a standard format, I'm going to drop him a little bit. But, you know, I still like him being in that top 10 um, for what we saw. And Fournette, he's a guy that he's just he's a machine. As long as he's healthy and on the field, you, you really can't stop his game for as big and talented and fast as he is. And that's kind of the same thing with Delvin Cook. Um, Christian McCaffrey, he's another guy. Uh, in standard formats, I'm going to bump down a little bit. But other than that, I like him hanging around that top 10 or 12. Yeah, there's a lot here. And, and the days of, oh, there's no running backs, those days are gone. With so many teams going to running back by committee and sharing and having the third down roll and PPR formats, the, the days of the scarce running backs are no more. Um, now, that's not to say that there are a plethora, with my three amigos reference, love you, Austin, um, of running backs out there, but there is way <laughs> more than we used to have, um, you know, three years ago. And th- those days are over, especially with the pass-catching running backs that are out there now. Yep, for sure. All right, let's get to the third tier. The third tier starts off with um, with Joe Mixon and goes all the way down to Jarek McKinnon in about four spots. So we have Joe Mixon. Devonta Freeman, Jordan Howard, and Jarek McKinnon on this uh, on this tier. Man, I love Jordan Howard. Um, <laughs> I do too, man. And, and th- this is like it's a very small tier, but after this, it's all question marks. Um, these are the last four. I mean, Devonta Freeman has scored more rushing touchdowns. Uh, in the NFL than any other running back in the league over the last three years. Jordan Howard, back-to-back 1,000 yards. Jarek McKinnon finished as a uh, running back two or better in back-to-back yards, and now he's stepping into a featured role and in an offense that throws it to the uh, running back more than any other offense. So you have these guys. There's 15 that are basically fighting for those RB1 or top 12 guys. And none of these would be a shock. So uh, these are the guys you settle on. And be careful with Jarek McKinnon. He is, his ADP is just getting stupid. Um, I'm a 49ers fan. Um, he's up to 34. Yeah, he's flying up there. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it, I'm not going to get him in any of my leagues because of how early he's going. And I love him, but it's just Same. not happening. Now, see, these are these are guys right here. Um, for me, outside of McKinnon, that if I wanted to spend the first couple of rounds loading up on some solid wide receivers, especially if some of them are falling, I mean, I wouldn't have a problem looking at 
Mixon or Freeman or Howard is kind of like a a low-end RB1. But if you can get a couple of these guys in back-to-back picks, if you know if you get the swing pick in a snake format, I mean, those would be two solid running backs to pair up with some stud-wide receivers. And I, to piggyback on that real quick, and I agree with you, if you can get one of these guys in the third, you are winning in a startup draft. But the problem is you have to be picking in the first three picks. <laughs> you got to be at draft position one, two, or three because Devontae Freeman's gone by pick 27. So, yeah. I mean, these guys are going quick. Everybody wants running backs, and they're just not lasting. All right. The uh, By the way, before we move on, uh, we are tiering the running backs, and you're going to be able to get an entire cheat sheet of tiers for every single position in redraft and dynasty all in our draft kit. So go to eatsleepfantasy.com. You could uh, sign in or sign up for Eat Nation and then select one of the um, packages that have the draft kit in it, and you guys are going to get all this. So uh, we're going to go through one more tier for these running backs, and if you guys uh, want to continue listening, or not continue listening, but if you guys want to see who the other tiers are, it might be worth to check out the uh, the draft kit here. Um, but let's go check out this next tier, starting with the 16th-ranked running back is Darius Geis. Goes through Ronald Jones, uh, two rookies in a row there, uh, Derek Henry, Sony Michelle, Mark Ingram, Kenyon Drake, Rashad Penny, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, ends at LaShawn McCoy, and I'll just give you a little uh, teaser here. It cuts off at JHI, but we cut it off right before JHI. So we have these, uh, what is it, three, seven, eight, eight guys here in this t- in this tier. What stands out to you? I hate Sony Michelle. <laughs> 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 Why do you hate Sony Michelle? So hold on, let's let's talk about this. Dale's just like, Why do just you hate? Ends him? it right there, and he goes, "I just let's talk about it. I just hate Sony Michelle." <laughs> Look, such conviction. I just and people think all of a sudden this Patriots backfield is going to be so organized and cut and dry all of a sudden because they have a rookie running back who seems promising and seems like a pretty good running back, but people are ignoring the fact that this is a system system driven team and they're not going to care how good Sony Michelle is they're going to find out what he's really really good at and let him just do that one thing and they're going to let James White Rex Burkhead and all those other guys and probably the next you know they're probably going to draft another running back next year to fill in a certain um specific need I, I'm not crazy about it I mean I mean people- I, I don't dis- I don't disagree um to a point, because and I've said it a few times, man. If Sony, if Sony Michelle and Dion Lewis are pretty parallel, uh, I think Michelle probably has more upside than uh, Lewis did coming into the league. Sure, but he, he's going to be in that role, and you know, it's just like you said, it's a system, and, and a lot of times they ride the hot hand. How? What's the game flow? Are they are they going to be? Are they scheming to throw the ball more? You're gonna see a lot more of uh, Burkhead and possibly Michelle. James White's a good wide receiver too, or good receiving running back. There, those three right there, are good receiving backs. So, a lot of it's gonna be on game flow. A lot of it's gonna be scheming. And I mean, New England doesn't take many running backs in the first round. Sure. So I get that. I get that. They're they're gonna they're gonna see what they have in him. Right. I mean, do you think they do you think they uh, picked up Jeremy Hill just in case somebody gets injured, or do you think they picked up Jeremy Hill for a specific reason? They, he's a touchdown guy, and right, so, exactly. He's and the new that, Gillisley, and Gillisley will go. 
Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, so that's what I'm trying to get at is they're going to figure out, they're going to get enough pieces. I mean, just like, you know, playing chess, every single chess piece does something a little different. Uh, well, except for the pawns, they all do the same thing, but um, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. That was a horrible analogy. Uh, all right. Let's get into, oh, God. <laughs> let's get into the wide receivers. How about that? The pawns are not dual threat. Oh, <laughs> no, definitely not. No, that's not true because they can go straight or diagonal. They literally are dual threat. <laughs> but not not by choice and they have to be in the right situation that's true <laughs> alright so let's talk about the first tier of these wide receivers we're talking about Hopkins to Brown which is DeAndre Hopkins Odell Buckham Jr. Antonio Brown no issues with that does anybody have any glaring um, glaring opinions for these top three obviously all badass no problems with any of them nope those three then a huge cliff alright well, it's not yeah, that if, huge. If you, if you have any of those guys outside of the top three, you just you don't need to play fantasy football. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to say a huge cliff because I really do like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas starts off the second tier um, going from Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, and A.J. Green. So, so like you said, Michael Thomas, and I get it. Yeah, he's very young. He's got the most catches ever uh, for a rookie through – two years in the league, but what's going to happen when Drew Brees is gone, right? There's question marks. Whereas if you go with the top three guys, no question marks. Um, Antonio Brown's produced with Ben Roethlisberger and with other people. Odell Beckham has produced so well with Eli Manning in the worst part of his career. DeAndre Hopkins was exceptional with everybody except for Brock Osweiler. And so that's the difference between tier one and tier two. These guys are still wide receiver ones and high end wide receiver ones. They're just question marks. What's Michael Thomas going to do after Breeze is gone? Keenan Allen, injury issues, Devonte Adams. Uh, he's never had a thousand yard seasons, concussion injuries. Um, Julio Jones cannot score touchdowns, right? So that that's the difference between these tiers is that eh, there's no question marks here. And once we get in the second tier, I'd love all of these guys, but there's a little bit of a gap. All right. Yeah. Your, your Devonte Adams theory though. Because I was looking at his concussions, and I think there was only one. He's had three, I believe, and there was one that actually kept him out of a game. The I mean, other two, he, he had came those back two really game. bad hits, man, last year. The one from Danny Trevathan was terrible. Like mm-hmm. Trevathan should have been suspended a long time for that one. But um, you're going to see his first thousand yard year. Yeah, this I year. agree. It's I it's going to happen. But, you know, with Jordy gone, it's it's going to happen. So. You know, Keenan Allen, you know, again, injury issues there. Hopefully he's passed all that because a lot of the issues that he's had, man, the injuries, they've been freakish. Yeah. I mean, look what he went two years ago. He went down, he, what, ruptured his spleen or whatever the hell it was. I mean, who the hell catches <laughs> his a touchdown His abdominal pass kidney and, was lacerated. <laughs> and freaking lacerates an internal organ, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Who does shit like that? So... I, I don't know. Yeah. I love all those guys, though. I really do. Yeah. All right. The third tier, uh, starting at your wide receiver 10, going down to wide receiver 15, is Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson, Amari Cooper, Tyreek Hill, Adam Thielen, and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, really good value in here, I think, for Allen Robinson and Adam Thielen um, this late. But uh, anything else that you guys want to mention here in the third tier? By the way, T.Y. Hilton cuts off, and the next tier would be Brandon Cooks starting off. So, 
Uh, any any issues? Yeah, these are guys that have done it or gotten really close to being in that position. And it starts with Stefan Diggs, you know, the new quarterback situation. But can he kick the injuries and actually play through a full season? Um, again, these the question marks start to get bigger and bigger as we go down. And you have to kind of play, man, Allen Robinson. I love his talent. He's only had one year of production. He's in a new offense, young quarterback. Is he going to be the guy? Is he going to get all that volume? But these are going to be guys that you can see if they put it all together and if everything lines up correctly, this is a top five wide receiver. And I think you can say that about all these all these players. Yeah, I mean, T.Y. Hilton – if Luck's healthy and playing for sure, yep. Hilton goes up in the tier that we just talked about before this. Uh, Amari Cooper, if he can fix his little mental issues of dropping the ball or whatever the hell that he has going on, um, he's another guy that be immediately shoots up into that second tier. But all these guys are going to be great value picks. These, you know, these are guys that you can be happy with as a low end. Uh, wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two, with all the upside of the world to be a solid wide receiver one. If you miss out on all those other guys that we just talked about before, it loaded up on running backs in the first few rounds. And this yeah. is the reason why I'm not getting that kind of third tier of running backs because I would take all of these guys over the likes of you know Jarek McKinnon and Derrick Henry and people like that. Mm-hmm. So um, these guys have so much more value because they are safer plays. Uh, than those other running backs in that same tier. Yep. Yep. I agree. You got it, dude. Um, <laughs> all right. For the fourth tier. Cut it out. For oh, the fourth tier. <laughs> for the fourth tier of wide receivers. Uh, like I said, we cut it off at Cooks. So we have Cooks, uh, Cooks at 16. I'm sorry. Cooks at 16 going all the way down to Cooper Cup at 26 so we have a pretty wide tier here starting at cooks juju smith schuster alshon jeffrey doug baldwin Corey davis jarvis landry josh gordon gordon golden tate demarius thomas sammy Watkins, and cooper cup and that cuts off at jameson crowder so we're not including jameson crap Cow- <laughs> what do you guys think no, jameson crowder um, so uh, this is where it starts to get into pick your poison the win now versus build young teams and all that stuff just the idea that we have somebody like Demarius Thomas and Corey Davis in the exact same tier is interesting and this is where you get into kind of the calculus of roster construction right because do you want high upside in youth or do you want immediate starters because Demarius Thomas is going to outscore well over half of this tier no doubt about it but does he have anything outside of one year of value this is probably his last year there so on and so forth so once you get into this tier you need to have a plan and figure out what it is that you want to do with your team right and it's man it's so crazy to think about the talent that josh gordon has and to talk about him in this tier um but guys that i'm looking at uh for the future in this tier is going to be Juju, Corey Davis, uh, Cooper Cup. Those are probably my favorites. Now, Demarius Thomas, definitely a now. PPR, Golden Tate for now. I mean, definitely, especially if you only want him for the one-year rental because who the hell knows what's going to happen with his situation in Detroit. Um, I do like Jarvis Landry a lot because there's a lot of question marks 
in that receiving core. Now, if Josh Gordon is fine and everybody else is fine, that's going to take some value away from Landry. But Landry and Duke Johnson are two guys that could do a lot of damage in that offense, Now, especially now with Tyrod Taylor being there. But, yeah, if I'm looking at the future, I'm definitely, definitely taking Cup, Davis, or Juju without the concern of the type of volume that they're going to see. Okay. That's that's actually a pretty good tier. Right? There's a lot of value in that one. All mm-hmm. right. The uh, the last tier that we're going to talk about on this podcast, but again, there are other tiers that are going to be in the draft kit. But this uh, fifth tier for wide receivers starts with Jamison Crowder at 27, goes all the way down to 39 at Devontae Parker. So let me just read these guys off to you. Crowder, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Devin Funches, Mike Williams with the LA Chargers, uh, Robert Woods, Christian Cook, Kirk, Will Fuller, Calvin Ridley, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Crabtree, Josh Doxson, and Devontae Parker, cutting off right before we get to Des Bryant and Cortland Sutton, uh, the rookie out of Denver. So uh, pretty big tier here. I do like Jamison Crowder probably more than most of the other guys in this tier. But um, what what groups am all in for you guys? Uh, you can find a way for them to be productive. Uh, Guys like Marvin Jones, he was a number one wide receiver last year. Sterling Shepard was amazing. And so there's so much there, but then you put that in with Mike Williams, who, you know, doesn't have a lot of catches on his record. But you can see a way for him to be productive. So, again, staying with this theme, I always want to pair youth with kind of seasoned veteran. So let's say I went um, back-to-back wide receiver with my picks, and I got Demarius Thomas from the previous tier, and I'm picking now. Now I'm going Christian Kirk, right? Or let's say I got Corey Davis from the previous tier. Now I'm going to offset that, and I'm going to go somebody like, uh, let me look. Marvin Jones would be perfect. I'm not going Devin Funches. I don't like Funches. Um, But anyway, trying to find a way to – to mask that and to blend and have a little bit of both. There's one guy in this tier that I just, I don't know why, mainly from last year, what I saw with Wentz, but Nelson Aguilar really intrigues me in this tier. I think that he's going to be way more involved in this offense than people think. Um, Another guy that I really like that we've talked about before is Crowder. Uh, with having Alex Smith there, Captain Checkdown, and what Alex Smith, what Alex Smith does not do, and I saw a stat that um, it was like two or three yards of separation, but his average thrower was was to a receiver with two or three yards of separation, and Crowder was like he he was he was averaging like three three and a half yards of separation. So if he's a guy that's going to be open all the time. Alex Smith's going to throw to that guy, so he really, really, really intrigues me this year, and his ranking could potentially uh, climb the ladder within the first six weeks of the season. Um, I really like what we're going to what we could see out of Mike Williams this year. This could really set the tone uh, for potentially the rest of his career because he had a lot of injuries last year and we didn't see much from him. And the fact that Hunter Henry's out and the coaching staff, you know, we're going to come out in a lot of run more three wide receiver sets than we have. He's definitely going to be out there. So this is a big opportunity for him. And then long-term, I love Christian Cook, or not Christian Cook, Christian Kirk, because he's already (laughs) running as a wide receiver too. And, I mean, this could be the last year, maybe two, for Fitzgerald. And 
for what they did and drafted him and then they have Rosen, obviously David Johnson there. So they that offense is definitely looking at the future and he's gonna be a big part of it. Nice. All right. And like I said, there are other tiers. The next tier starting with Des Bryan going to Cortland Sutton and Randall Cobb. But again, if you want those, you're going to be really laid out very nicely in in uh, the ESFU uh, draft kit. So this takes a turn here, and we're going to be talking about tight ends. Um, there's yeah, not a ton are. of tight ends. I know in Dynasty, <laughs> Dynasty, there are, you know, there's a little more to consider here as far as tight ends go. But we're going to jump right into it and talk about the first tier, which is Kelsey to Gronk, and that covers the first three tight ends in your rankings. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Rob Gronkowski. No surprises here. Um, actually, a little surprised that you didn't lump Evan Ingram here in your dynasty uh, tight end tier one. Uh, why not? Uh, so if the, all four of us, or sorry, all three of us, uh, Steve, Austin, and I, we have the exact same ranking for Kelsey, Ertz, Gronk, Ingram. It's one through four. Uh, they're mirrored. And the Dynasty ADP actually has Evan Ingram going ahead of Zach Ertz, which is crazy to me. However, I don't put him in this tier because he was able to put up those elite numbers when nobody else was there. So if you look at the Giants offense now, um, Odell Beckham is back. Uh, Saquon Barkley is there. There is so much. Sterling Shepard's back. There's a lot of stuff going on right now to where his volume is going to be down. And he had one of the worst catch rates in the history of the NFL for tight ends. But he had so much volume, nobody noticed. Um, 40% catch rate is not okay. That makes Mike Evans look like a good receiver. So um, that's the only reason why. I don't think he will be able to duplicate that success anywhere close. Steven? Yeah, I just I, I can't really put much more on top of that. I, I you know, it, I don't think it's going to help him at all having all those guys there. It's definitely going to hurt him. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be used more, more so in like first down situations, uh, red zone opportunities, so on and so forth. But he's definitely not going to see the amount of volume with getting OBJ back, Sterling Shepard back, and then they just got that shiny new toy with Barkley. So. You know, again, to what John already said, there's really not much more to add to it. Right. All right. So that second tier starts off with Evan Ingram, goes David Njuku, and OJ Howard, cutting it off right before Hunter Henry. Understandable. Uh, anything here? And we already talked about Ingram, I know, but uh, maybe touch on OJ Howard a little bit. So I love the potential upside for both of those guys, actually. Um, OJ Howard, though. I'm still concerned about red zone targets because of Cameron Brait. Like a lot of people are writing off Brait, and he's just done nothing but produce. However, they're the two guys that they could put on the field at the same time. You know, they could line uh, Brait up on the line, and they could flake out OJ Howard. I mean, we still have not seen uh, another legitimate passing threat. I mean, outside of Mike Evans, and you know, opinions vary with him, but. There's a lot of buzz about Godwin. Okay, great. Second year, hopefully we see some good things out of him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's situation, I mean, Deshaun Jackson should just go away. He's pretty much a bust in my opinion. Um, We don't know what we're going to see the first three weeks out of the season with O.J. Howard because of the quarterback situation, and we don't really know what we're going to see 
uh, when Winston comes back. Because who knows? Who knows how much chemistry they have built? Uh, Winston missed some games last year. He played the rest of the season with an injured shoulder. Howard was still wrapping his head around the game itself at, at the NFL level, but his upside is very, 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 very nice. And he, like again, he's a guy that they could split outside and still have Cameron Braid on the field. Awesome. All right. Well, the third tier starts at Hunter Henry, like I mentioned. This is getting a little bit bigger here, but it starts with Hunter Henry, Trey Burton, who I love, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, and Jimmy Graham. Wrapping at 11, cutting off right before Jack Doyle. Uh, was it a uh, hard decision to cut Jimmy Graham from Jack Doyle here? No, I, I don't think so. Just because Doyle is a huge volume guy and Eric Ebron steps in and takes away some of his value. And Jimmy Graham is, he's a one-year guy. Um, and he could end the season as the tight end number one. But it's going to be very short-lived. Um, he's got a year or two tops. Um, and so that's the thing with this tier outside of Hunter Henry, who I love long-term, he would have been my tight end four, um, if he hadn't got gotten injured, but I dropped him down to my tight end 11 just because of the injury and all that kind of stuff. But he is very, very young. So I, I like this tier. Um, Kyle Rudolph's going to do awesome. Greg Olson's going to be amazing. There's no doubt about it. So if you can get one of these guys, that's great. They're just going so stinking early, and that's kind of what upsets me about these guys. Um, you're, these guys are going kind of in the eighth or ninth round um, in most dynasty startups, and I just think that's too early for a tight end. I just don't value the position that much. Okay. No, I agree, and this is, I don't know. To me, if these guys fall later, this is a safe tier to pick any of these guys and have a productive tight end on your team. Sure. All right, let's, uh, we're going to talk about one last tier go, going all the way to tight end 15, and, uh, and then you can guess where you can find the rest because I already told you three times. Uh, <laughs> where do they find it? Like, I, I don't know. EatSleepFantasy.com. You click uh, subscribe to Eat Nation. Bam, all the options are there, starting at bronze level at $5, going all the way up to platinum level, which is $120 a yearly membership. All good stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, 12 is Jack Doyle, 13, George Kittle, 14 is Jordan Reed, and 15 is Delaney Walker. Um, getting into the kind of the older guys and Delaney Walker and Jordan Reed, uh, and maybe not older, but um, maybe more uh, more prone to act old. They're seasoned. They're <laughs> seasoned. veterans. They're seasoned. They're seasoned. Yeah. Overcooked. Yeah. yeah there, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, and it, uh, that that tier cuts off at uh, Austin Safari and Jenkins. So uh, these four guys at 12, 13, 14, and 15 in their own tier uh, makes sense. I, I maybe have put Jack Doyle in the tier above them, but I get it. Uh, anything else here that you guys want to talk about? These are the last starters for me. These sure. are the last guys that like, okay, I – I've punted on tight end. I don't want anything to do with it. Once I get down to these guys and they're the only ones left, then my alert signal's going off no matter where I am in the draft. All right, there's only these guys left. I've got to pick up one of them. And I'm picking up Kittle. I'm super high on Kittle. He's my number nine overall tight end uh, in my rankings. I just think the youth, upside, offense, skill position, like everything just fits um, and very active in the red zone. So I love me some George Kittle. Yeah, I do, I do too. And, and, you know, we're ranked differently on him uh, just because I more or less want to see 
how these things are, how everything's going to pan out in San Francisco, but he could easily shoot up my rankings. But the difference that we have on Jordan Reed, uh, you're a little bit lower and than I am. And then Austin is, um, the reason why I have Reed there is even if you get 10 games out of him, the type of numbers that he's capable of putting up. Yeah. And you have another guy that, okay, Reed tore a hammy, pulled a hammy, whatever. He's going to be out a few weeks. You have a guy that's serviceable. And, you know, at this point we're talking about tight ends that, you know, you're just going to put him in there and see what happens anyway. So, and then when he comes back and he's healthy, he's a guy that could put up some big numbers for you. So it kind of offsets a little bit, but, you know, if you go through the whole scenario where he's just concussions, hamstrings, whatever the case may be, yeah, then he drops way off. I mean, he had no relevance at all last year. And and I'll say this. If you do target a guy like Jordan Reed, you've got to save an extra roster spot for somebody. I would say get Vernon Davis, right? He's going basically undrafted in Dynasty Startup. So if you get Jordan Reed, um, he's going around the 10th, 11th round. Just know you're not picking a kicker or a defense with your last pick. You are picking Vernon Davis. So bump your kicker and defense up until the two previous rounds with your very last pick. Just understand I'm taking another tight end there, and that's it should be Vernon Davis. Right. Awesome. Well, I think that was a very productive episode. Uh, we are right about an hour now, so if you're Aww. driving on the long, the long commute, um, I don't know if you were listening to podcasts while your wife – Watch the light latest latest part, uh, episode of The Bachelor. I don't know what you do for an hour, but <laughs> whatever it is, uh, I hope you enjoyed talking to us and listening to us. Um, John, you can find him at JL underscore Chapman on Twitter. Steven, you could find him on our Instagram channel, Eat Sleep FF. But you can also find him at SSPAC21. You can find the podcast at Eat Sleep FF on Twitter. And uh, this was a really fun episode, guys. And I won the reference. To, How rude. Uh, yeah, I know it doesn't, doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> it cut off. There. I have four references to uh, Full House. I do not think that you guys even caught half of them because I did not get any reaction, which I loved because I, I slipped them right in there. Full House is oh. overrated. It needs to be watched on mute. That's why I don't know the references. <laughs> anyways guys again we appreciate you listening to the podcast don't forget eatsleepfantasy.com you can subscribe to our email list we have some cool stuff draft kit of course and membership and all that good stuff you guys have any parting words for no. john uh, no you guys took too long do you have any <laughs> parting words steven no it, the, the moment's passed how no, rude yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't even care if it doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> okay both of you guys can just cut it out okay uh, for <laughs> John Chapman and Steven Spacaratelli, my name is Dale. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll, we'll catch you next time. It's on the fantasy football action that you need.